Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. Folks, time is up. And, and so we have this one ancient possibility. He said the generation that sees Israel become a nation. For 2,000 years, they had never been a nation. In 1948, for the first time, never in the history of the world has that happened. It became, in 1940, it became a nation. Jesus said when that generation sees that, that generation is going to see the coming of the Messiah. And we're in the last six to seven years. At the, tri- at the rapture, at the tribulation, and we're, we're, we're right there. Okay? That's it. I would call that it. Wouldn't you think so? I'll be keep in mind. Another thing, number two, write down the word Shemitah. S-C-H-M-A-T-A. S-C-H-E-M-A-T-A. The Shemitah year. Now, there are whole books on this. So I, again, I can't go back and, because you could do sermons plural on this one. But in the Shemitah year, everything goes back to the original owner. You got your land back, you got the slaves, got foot free, the debts were all forgiven on a Shemitah year. A couple of things real quickly. Babylon destroyed Israel in the book of Daniel. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all these guys? They destroyed them in a Shemitah year. Israel went back to the promised land. After the Babylonian captivity in a Shemitah year. 1948, Israel went back to the land for the first time in 2,000 years. Shemitah year. Whenever Israel took the old city, Shemitah year. Yom Kippur, Shemitah year. And it got me more to Jimmy Evans, who's done a big teaching on this. He's got like hundreds of followers. He's got us talking. He's written over 40 books on this area. And he said, if you follow the, the Jewish pattern, he said, Jesus will come back on a Shemitah year. This is a Shemitah year. It ends in, it ended in October this year. This is a Shemitah year. He, in fact, he said, his thoughts, he said, Jesus, if you come back this year, it'll be seven more years. Is what he said that this year's a Shemitah year. Well, that's interesting. Not saying it is, it's saying that's interesting. Okay, one more thing to write down. Write down asteroid. For lack of a better word, write down the word asteroid. Okay? <clears throat> There's a guy named Tom Horn. If you want to do some interesting, interesting Facebook watching, look up Tom Horn. He is really, he's great, isn't he? He, is, he was a minister years ago. He's a scientist now. He's written 40 or 50 books. A sharp guy. And, and, and Tom Horn's a wonderful man of God. Back in about 2003, in that area, 2004, when he, had a, he had a vision. And this vision of his brother ever had in my life. In fact, he had two of them. One of them had already been fulfilled. He, the second vision, he said, I saw an asteroid hitting the earth. I saw the whole earth reeling, rocking, big time cataclysmic changes. He said, said, people running, he said, fear everywhere. He said, I saw it happening. He said, as I, he said, I was terrified when I woke up this vision. He said, then I got up and went to the computer and went on NASA's website in 2004 and discovered, he said, when I woke up, I kept hearing the word apophis, apophis. 
I can't remember what it, I didn't I didn't didn't know the word the word of Clophis. And he said, I went and looked it up, and he said, NASA said there is a there is an asteroid coming to the Earth. It's going to hit in 2029. Okay, it's called a Pophis. Okay, and, and and they had it's going to hit in 2029. They took it down, but they said what's happened is it's not is that they did it to avoid fear, to avoid pandering. And now MIT, the Institute into Technology, they said it's serious. And the top hundred scientists in America said it's real. They said in 2029 it's going to be hitting the Earth on May the uh, it's on the date specifically the date is going to be. I find it. May not can not can. I'll get it written down somewhere in here. February the third. It's going to hit February the 13th, 2029. Interesting February the 13th. Interesting day. Scheduled to hit then. Uh, may or may not. But that's that, that's interesting though. But what it does, it matches. Revelation chapter 8, which talks about the mankind, this asteroid coming hitting the earth, it matches exactly in the second half of the tribulation. That's interesting. Now, I want to stress something here. I am not saying, all right, Jesus is coming back this year. I am not saying that. But I'm saying it's interesting when I see what is happening. And I see so many people talking about Jesus might be coming back in some of the signs that are based in a whole, 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 whole lot more. I'm going, it's interesting. You know what that says to a guy like me who knows about trouble? Straighten up. <laughs> Get ready just in case. So what do we do as a church? What do we do as people? How are we to live in light of what is happening how are we to live in light of what could be happening? Let's talk about number three, what should be happening. Now, what should we be doing? Uh, now, here's the nice thing about this. Folks, if Jesus comes back this year, I'm good. If he didn't come back, I'm still good. <laughs> I can't lose in this deal. But I want to I make, it, make it the, 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 the decision, what do I do in light of what is your, your seeing? In the history of the world, you've never seen the falling away in the Christian church like you're seeing now. Never before happened in the history of the world. It's happening right now all around the world. Okay? Why? Could be the Jesus, the Bible said, before the end time, great falling away. It fits. You're seeing all these signs. Israel, Shemitah, you're, you're seeing the Asterisk, you're seeing other things. What does that mean? Could be the signs. So, Let's look at what should we be doing. Now, here's the good thing about this. I'm going to give you a plan that will really help you in your life as a, as a Christian, as a person, and it means no matter what happens, it's going to help you go and have the best year ever. Number one, what should you be doing? Let me back up and just, just qualify something. I am at an age that the other day, in fact, when I go through drive-thrus, I constantly hear, oh, you get the discount. <laughs> For 15 years, I would never take the students' discount. I wouldn't take it. Are you, you think, no, I don't take it. I'm 64, I don't get that discount. <laughs> would not admit it. Now I'm going to give you the discount. I don't care at this age. But what, what bothers me is they never even question me now. <laughs> when I first started, it's, let me see your ID. Way to go. <laughs> You're like, now they don't say way to go, they say you should go. Here, get the discount. <laughs> it works out that way. And, and so, so, so you, you start realizing that other people that, that you're getting older, and I realize, folks, and I, I've been preaching for, I've done thousands of sermons for many years, many places. My days are, are kind of, I'm having to redesign for the next season of my life. 
The day we were doing Taylor more, he would start preaching more because I'm really in my I'm 70. In my 70s, I'm not going to be able to be relevant to 25, 30 years like like like, like a 30 plus year old guy would be. Um, it takes in any way. So so I'm, I'm I'm aware of that. So I'm looking at my own life. How do I redesign for this season? So I'm doing this first of all for me. But it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Here's what, so here's what I'm doing. I've got to redefine, redesign my ministry in light of where I am. I cannot, I'm not a 30-year-old guy out building church anymore. So how do I redesign for this? I hear Christians many times have said to me, Pastor, I don't know what my ministry is. I don't know what to do. I'm going to give you one. If you were to say, Dave, what is the number one thing you'd like to do in ministry? The number one thing I say, I want to become a man of prayer. Everything, there's nothing more significant than prayer. That's your first answer, is prayer. If you look at every great person of God, no exceptions, has been strong in prayer. Every time, strong in prayer. And, and, and so what I want to do in this season, I want to become a man who is committed to a life of prayer. Um, because I know how significant that is. And folks, if Jesus comes back, I want to be a praying man, don't you? I think we all would. And so therefore, what's my ministry? I would love to have a ministry of prayer that when I pray, I make a significant difference in my life. So this year I'm fasting and praying to start having some transition because I really want to go up to another level in my prayer life because I believe prayer is that's important. The disciples said to Jesus, uh, they, they, they never said, teach us how to preach. They never said, teach us how to pray for the sake. What did they say? Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. He said, pray in this way. Our Father will turn to heaven. Teach us how to pray. The most important thing any believer can ever learn is the ministry of prayer. Do you agree with me there? Amen. Okay, see, I want to redesign my life. And it's different things for different people because of where you are. I get that entirely. But prayer is a focus I want to build my life upon this year. What does that tell us as a church? We need to have a focus upon prayer. We'll talk about that in a minute. So we want to have a life of prayer. Now, under that, there are three types of, or three focuses of prayer I put down. Number one, I have personal prayer. When I get up every morning, first thing I've done, I've done for you, I get up, I go through, I pick up a glass of water on the, by, the, by the kitchen, go to my office, and I spend an hour time just in the Bible, meditating, reading, praying. I spend an hour with God. That's my baseline. Now, you say, I can't spend an hour. That's fine. Do half an hour. Whatever you determine. But spend time with God. Establish a baseline. You may say, I am so busy, so I can only do 15 minutes. Then fine, do 15 minutes a day. <laughs> but have a baseline that you are connecting with God. John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Our purpose is to know God. I want to know God through prayer and his word. So what do I do? I spend time in personal prayer. Number two, you could write the word church. Church. Now, I, I don't use the word, I use the word breakthrough. And, and here's what I mean by that. I will then pray during the daytime. For example, my, 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 my goal for this three hours, or this, this, this 21 days, is to spend at least three hours every day in prayer. Okay? So I have a baseline of one. I'm going to add two more in my breakthrough prayer. That's from I'm going to be praying in the Spirit. It could be time of the Word. It could be waiting on the Lord. It could be praise and worship and soaking. But I want to be with God three hours a day, my baseline of prayer, but then my breakthrough prayer or praying for the church. You can put that secondly. A third level then is also is 
focused on prayer. For example, the 21 days, that's a focus on prayer and fasting. We need to have seasons of doing that. In this season, we focus upon, for a window, I'm going to focus upon doing that. Uh, so you have special seasons to focus upon God. And so by doing that, I can have a life of prayer. If Jesus comes back this year, folks, I want to be known in his eyes as a praying man of God. You praying woman of God. Amen. We agree that that's a, that's a good game plan. Say, I want to redesign my life. What do I do? Number one, I want to become a man of prayer. I'd rather do that over preaching. Why? You get rewarded. God remembers our, God doesn't remember our sermons, <laughs> but he says he keeps our prayers in heaven. They're kept forever. Okay. Number one, a life of prayer. Number two, write this down. A life, live my life by design. And here's what we'll talk to you more about this, this area right here. Live my life by design. I put it in the green ink of your note, a great statement. People want a life that will last forever, but they don't know what to do with the life they have right now. Isn't that good? That's a good, folks, most people do not have the kind of life they want to have. Why? They're just going through, paying the bills, same old, same old, same old, same old. Folks, think back to the people you know. Most of them are living pretty routine, ordinary, ritualistic lives. Isn't that true? After over 30 years, Lynette and I, I have been teaching and talking about living a life by design. Um, we have really had a pretty amazing life. We've, the, 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 we've had the financial dreams. We've, we've had the, the ministry, the marriage, the family, the trips, uh, the walk with God. Everything, we've pretty much all come to pass because for over 30 years I've been designing the life that we want. I continually am redesigning based on where we are. I've been redesigning my life for, for, for where I am right now. Okay, and so one of the things I'm doing this year, I've been asked this for 25 years, and I haven't done it. Uh, I am now I'm coming to a publisher, writing a book called "Be Living Your Life by Design, Not by Default," and I'm having done it, but this year's over. Here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to give out to you every month at least one chapter of that book. I'm writing it. You'll get full of publisher now. I'll let you read it, critique it, give it back to me. But here's what you can do: you can start building it into your own life. So your own life is designed as we go from area to area to area. Folks, I have sat down and I do it. In fact, I'm entering a young guy, maybe at a little station. We begin to talk, a service station. He has 31 years old, college graduate, and we begin to talk. And he said, what do you do? I said, I help people. If I say preacher, they just, you know, like that. So I said, well, I help people describe how to live their life by design, not by default. He said, what do you mean? I said, most people are not getting the life they want to have, but they don't know what it is. And we talked, we've now met three times, okay? And now he's, he's we're talking about God this next time we're talking about. Why? Because he said, my life is not going to, I don't know what to do about it. People are looking for that. I can tell you at my age, our plan has worked phenomenally well. My oldest son, Josh, I keep trying to say this, I'll keep on my illustrations since he's here on staff, but Josh, he is living identical and he is having the life folks most people dream of he's having a phenomenal life you know what he's doing what i taught him all those years that it's a day that he was listening i didn't think he was beyond winning i really thought that kid has no chance he has really turned out good he's doing the things that we taught him to do okay he is having a phenomenal life he really is all by design and i find him now quoting me 
And he said, Dad, you read this book. It's a great book. He's reading now. I mean, well, that's amazing, Josh. But he's doing it by design. I want to help each one of us live this year by design. So if Jesus comes back, you're living the life you want, not the life you're taking by default. Is that making sense? Make making sense to you? So we're going to be doing that this year to help you get not only a life of prayer, but a life of design. So that it's doing what your priorities are, what's made individually for you. And number three, I want to have a life of commitment. Many Christians today um, are living very uncommitted lives. Uh, the Bible talks about if you're going to follow Christ, take up your cross, follow Christ. Um, folks, say many people are taking take many cross. They're saying, Christ, you follow me. Heard a guy this last week I interviewed. He's a pretty sharp guy. He and his wife. Very fanatical. We're Christians. We're very, we go twice a month. We go to church. Very, you know, we're committed Christians. He said, but I like my Jack Daniel. I like my weed. I like to have fun. If the church do, we have more people in church. We just do those three things. And I'm going, are you kidding me? He would fight to tell you how committed he wants to go. Yeah, he wants his Jack Daniels, his weed, and his sex parties. Are you kidding me? See, folks, the Bible talks about there's a you, you take up your cross, you follow Christ. Um, I'll start heading for the runway. There's a guy named, named Howard Pittman. I'll search him on YouTube. A great guy. We've had Howard to speak for us, I think, eight times in my life. Howard was a Baptist guy. He was he was a he was a policeman. Uh, he, he was he, he he went to seminary all day. He was a policeman in the night, and he would hand out tracks on Bourbon Street in the weekends, and they raised 34 foster kids in addition to that. I mean, he was really a strong Baptist. You know, he was running for county sheriff. He had a heart attack, but had, I think, 18 hours of surgery. He died. He didn't believe in the supernatural. He was a Baptist, and he didn't believe in the supernatural, but he was, he was taken to heaven. He saw demonic powers. The angels talked. He talked with God, the whole thing. He came back, and he was a different man. He sold their home. He now, he's now probably dead because he, he would be now under the hundred. He's probably dead by now. But, but they sold their home. He said, I have been on the road now for over 30 years telling, he's just started writing to me, he's just starting. He's been on the road for 30 years telling people about what he said, what he saw. But he said this, the angel told him, said only about 20% of Christians who think they're going to be going to heaven are going to be going. I've come across that by a number of other authors, same type of thing. What are we saying? Not all who say they are the real deal are the real deal. He said, Jesus told me this. He said, Jesus told me this. He said, there are sayers and there are doers. I'm not coming back for the sayers, but for the doers. Folks, I want to be a doer. I don't want to be a sayer. I want to be a doer of the word. I want to be committed God, I want to be praying. I want to be intentional about my life. I want to be living a committed life. I want to be a doer, not a sayer. Is that making sense to you? You, you want the same thing? But yet, see, here's what happens. People are going to churches where they're having drag parties and not teach them about commitment and about becoming a doer, not a sayer. And because you don't know that, you become like those that you're around. Okay, And so that's why I want to teach it because, folks, Norman needs a church-like pathway. We're going to have to begin to read tools and reduce some of these differently because it's a different day. But, folks, it's no different than what it was in the New Testament days. We can begin to pray. See, here's awesome, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish on with this. 
All they could do, Jesus said, go to all the world, preach the gospel. These were the rejects, the uneducated. They couldn't do it. But here's what happens. All they could do was pray and talk to other people. That's all they could do. They had no materials. They had, didn't have a building. About 300, no church building for the first 300 years. No Bibles. All they could do was pray and witness. Pray and witness. Here's a statement. When they did what they could do, God did something that they had never dreamed he would do. See, folks, when we'll begin to make prayer a focus of our lives, we begin to have a life of design, and we become committed to that, then I believe that God will do something we've never dreamed of because in these times, people are looking. What do I do? Why? The foundations are all gone. They have no, no hope of God because they've never been taught against God. And they see people whose lives are together, who are prayed by the power of God and committed to God. They're going to say, what do you have that I can, because I need it. I believe that. And so I look at, I look at where we are as a church. We're going to never had a church this size for this long. But folks, we've never been in times like this. But I don't care what size we are. I don't care what our culture does. I don't care what the, the Christians do. I don't care what our country does. I am committed to God. I'm committed to be a man of prayer. I'm committed to live my life by design. And I'm committed to live by my commitments. And I know in the end I will finish my race successfully as I want for you to. Is that making sense to you? So that's so I've given you a plan for this year. What's our plan? To wrap it up. To become a personal prayer in these 21 days. Start putting prayer as a focus. Number two, start designing your life. We're going to help you say, what? I'll get from next week. We got the purpose almost done. Next week, maybe next Sunday, maybe. But very quick, we'll get you this chapters. Start putting your life together and say the way you'd like for it to be. And then third, let's remain committed because others are not going to do it. That's okay. Others may. I may not. My mom kept us in church every Sunday. We learned faithfulness. God says, well done, good, and what kind of servant? Faithful servant. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.